Hello friends, welcome to another episode of the TFC Audio Project. On this episode of Nerd Talk, I have a conversation with Emily Gooding. Emily is a local foot nerd from Ottawa, and she's the sleep team leader for the foot nerd program. We talk about her own struggle with foot pain, what got her interested in the foot nerd program, her love for Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and we finish by talking about sleep and the powerful bits of information we've both learned so far about this very important yet very underappreciated pillar of health. I really enjoyed chatting with her, and I hope the conversation inspires you to prioritize getting better sleep every night. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by TFC App. With an expanding global tribe of foot nerds, we set out to create a platform that will allow our tribe to share our, ner- our learning journey and to share our knowledge with others and, as- and hopefully inspire people around the world to live a more natural lifestyle. The reality is that only you can be the hero of your own health journey, and we wanted to create a free app that delivers the information, guidance, and inspiration that people need to reconnect with health. We'll be releasing, or we released, a soft launch of the app on October 1st, where you can see all the menus and all the listings. Um, And we'll be doing a full public release and activation of all the features on November 1st, where you can look up all the content that we put into the app. To download the app, simply click on the link in our Instagram bio or look up TFC app on the iOS app store or Google app store. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by the Roasters Pack. Our team in Ottawa are big fans of coffee in the morning, and this Canadian company provides a unique subscription service that delivers you three great coffees to your door each month and gives you the story behind the craft roasters that each of the beans come from. Check out theroasterspack.com, use the code FOOT at checkout, and you'll get seven bucks off your first month of any subscription. Lastly, this episode is sponsored by our travel partner, Nanook Protective Hard Cases, which we use to transport gear to and from our seminars and workshops. They make super high quality cases in Canada that can keep your electronics safe when you travel. And you can check out their cases at nanook.com, N-A-N-U-K.com. That's it for sponsors. Let's dig into this episode. Hope you enjoy. It's the TFC Audio Project. It's a collective effort. Help people understand their bodies, starting at the feet are the gateway for people to see that there's an issue. You know, a foot conversation is always a whole body conversation. Hello folks, Nick here, back for another episode of The Audio Project. And my guest today on this episode of Nerd Talk is Emily Gooding. Emily is a local foot nerd uh, from Ottawa and she's the sleep team leader for the foot nerd program. Uh, And she's just an all-around badass human. So um, I think she has some interesting um, points to kind of share with everyone. So we'll go through today. I'm just going to ask Emily a bunch of questions. We'll get into sleep. Uh, We'll talk about her career as a nurse, but um, just kind of air out topics that I think are of value for people to become aware of. And uh, and yeah, hopefully it's a value to everyone. What's up, Emily? Not too much. Uh, (laughs) Thank you for that awesome intro. I don't really get called a badass very often. So anyone that can strangle me is automatically considered a badass. So uh, yeah, you, 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 you fit that bill. So maybe start by giving people like a one minute intro of who you are uh, and, you know, what gets you fired up and jazzed up to wake up every morning. Okay. Um, yeah. So my name's Emily. I am a registered nurse. Uh, I haven't been a nurse for very long, just just over a year. Uh, and in that time, my career has kind of changed quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about that. Yeah. It's we'll very, definitely get into that for sure. Uh, things I like to do for hobbies. Um, I like to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I like to train. I'm also a personal trainer, so that's uh, where I kind of developed Holistically Nuts. Cool. Um, my business partner is a registered holistic nutritionist, so nice. we work together and see clients. And uh, so between that, I work as a nurse half the time uh, at the Ottawa Integrative Cancer Center, mm-hmm. 
And then the other half of the time, I do personal training and time massage and just see clients. And I, I just love what I do. So it's great. Amazing. Yeah. I love it. Uh, how'd you sleep last night? I actually slept super well. Um, <laughs> this the, the weather right now, because it's fall right yep. now, so it's just perfect sleeping weather and I just don't want to wake up. So it's, I agree. it's fantastic. Being like having the cold, like I usually, me and Liv will go for a walk at night and now that it's getting cooler, it's like, it just put, and, and actually, so I was getting a little bit sick. I had a lot of stuff all at once. Um, and my perspective on when I get sick is so different now. It's like, I need to optimize everything and I'll be able to get rid of this quickly. And so like, Yesterday, no screens for an hour and a half before bed, hot shower before bed, which I don't always do, but actually was amazing. Um, and I woke up this morning and I was so energized and I wasn't really stuffed up. And I was like, okay, it just, it just, I constantly get these confirmation reminders that, oh my God, sleep's important. And I probably need to constantly get better at prioritizing more. And it's like, I'm sure when you went into the deep dive on sleep, which we'll talk about, um, probably your perspective changed too and it's like when you think you're well informed about something but then you actually start learning about it you're like holy crap i really didn't know very much yeah i think uh we all we all know that sleep is important for us because we otherwise we would try to avoid well we do avoid doing it yeah, yeah. yeah exactly um but we all know that it's important for us we know we need to sleep and we know when we need when we do need to we we're like oh well I'm starting to feel really tired, so I should probably go Sleep to bed. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, or I'm starting to get cranky. I should probably go to bed. But... People intuitively know. They're like, yeah. oh, like if Jim flies off the rails, they're like, oh, Jim didn't get very yeah. much sleep last night. So we know that not sleeping makes us emotionally reactive. We know the visible signs, mm -hmm. right? Like people get bags under their eyes. You can tell when someone's underslept. Um, but we just still don't grasp onto the importance of it and... And I, I just think people aren't aware of how important sleep actually is. And I wasn't. I used to ask patients about sleep because I knew it was a bit important, but I never really knew the true depth of it. Um, so I think we met at the Ottawa seminar yes. a while ago. Yeah. Um, and then what got you interested in um, in joining the Footner program? Like what, what, what about it resonated with you and what made you want to actually do it? Because it is an investment to kind of get into the community and join the program. But um I'm so happy you did, uh, especially with someone else in Ottawa. I think it's awesome. Mike Filipovich was in Ottawa, but now he ditched us to go to Toronto. So uh, it's nice to have another footwear nerd here that we can kind of like meet up in person and do stuff. So what got you interested? Yeah, definitely. I was actually uh, a client reached out to me um, and he had let me know that he had a stroke. And that was I didn't really know how to train a client with a stroke. So I reached out to an old professor of mine and he just for some resources and what I should do. Uh, and he mentioned, you know, you should try doing a, the foot nerd like really? seminar. Yeah. He said he, cause uh, my client was saying, Oh, I can't move my feet anymore. Yeah. My hands, my whole right side of the body is not moving. So I was a little bit nervous and I was like, I need some resources. Huh. So he pointed me, he pointed me to a bunch of resources, but the foot nerd at uh, the foot collective was one of them. So was it Doug? It was Doug. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. He was actually, he's yeah, not, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes more sense. My my uh, boyfriend, that was his professor. So and cool. Doug actually had a stroke. Yes. Uh, so. Well, I think Doug was at that. Was he at the same seminar as you? No, he wasn't at the same okay. seminar. But because he uh, was at, he did come. It must have been like the one before or a few before. But he had come and he's like, I'll just forewarn you that I recently had a stroke. So there's some stuff I might not be able to do. I was yeah. like, that's fine, dude. Just yeah, do that whatever man you need is to. brilliant. Like, yeah. He, he is, well, he's Liv's professor. 
Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, he actually invited me to go do a talk about feet. And he's just like, a, he's just an awesome dude because he's so yeah. progressive and open minded, which is yeah, not extremely progressive. Not uh, always the bill for uh, college or university professors. Yeah, so. I agree. Um, we had an hour long conversation and he just pointed me to a bunch of resources. Cool. Uh, he, we used to do boxing together, too, which I thought was nice. really cool. Uh, very, very cool guy. Um, so I decided to do the, the seminar and I also had foot problems at the time being a nurse. I'm not used to wearing shoes. At home, I don't wear shoes. When I'm training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or Muay Thai, I don't wear shoes. Um, I just typically, and when I train clients, I don't wear shoes either. Cool. Uh, so when I was... I'm just going to move this. There we go. Yeah, sure. So I can see. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Looking around it. It's all good. Um, so yeah. you don't usually wear shoes? Yeah, I usually don't wear, wear shoes. And the Amazing. only time I started wearing shoes for a long period of time was when I was working at the hospital for those 12-hour shifts. Where did that come from? Like, what made you not... Because, like, th that's abnormal in modern society to not wear shoes. People are trained to wear shoes. So was this, like, a in your family when you were growing up? Was it just, yeah, like, don't we wear shoes if you don't have to? Yeah, we don't really have to wear shoes in the house. Um, maybe some slippers in the house, but... Okay. Uh, yeah, the first thing we do when we enter our home, it was like disrespectful, basically, to, yeah. to wear shoes in the home. So we just took off our shoes. So we became very accustomed to it. Both my parents are from super hot countries, too. My dad's okay. from Trinidad. My mom was born in Cambodia. Okay. So when I went to go visit Trinidad, like, no one wears shoes there. We just walk around. <laughs> We're so weird shoes. in North America. What the heck? Yeah. Every, when I go there, people think I'm so bizarre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, yeah, wearing shoes at the hospital, that was a new thing. To, to be in shoes for 12 hours a day yeah uh, walking lot. around on your feet i like i would go home and my feet would be in excruciating pain with plantar, plantar fasciitis and it was just it's like oh this is just what i have to deal with and that's what <laughs> yeah this is my new reality yeah and that's what other nurses told me too they're like oh you probably just have to get orthotics but don't worry we have coverage for that yeah. and i'm like well do you wear orthotics do the do those work for you yeah and they'll be like no, not really. They help a little bit. <laughs> they still get them, probably. Yeah, they still get them. We have coverage, so why not use the coverage? Um, yeah. So I was like, this, this doesn't seem right. I'm just going to do the know, complete opposite. I'm of... going to angle this. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That's good. Yeah. Um, vertically challenged. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> this desk is probably not. We have a standing desk in the podcast studio. It's maybe a little bit high for Emily, but thank <laughs> yeah. you for making it work. Okay. Um, yeah, so when I came to the seminar, I, th I thought it was really cool. I started applying all of the stuff. I didn't even have a beam to work with. I just started rolling up my foot with a lacrosse ball when I was brushing my teeth. And cool. I do did the toga every day. Cool. So just Good and, for you. Yeah. Good for you for actually implementing it. I think it's funny because the people who implement stuff right away are the people that reach out to you and they're like, this stuff works. Yeah, it's and like, it was within yeah. a couple of weeks that I didn't have pain anymore. I bought a, a pair of Vivo Barefoots cool. when I was there at the seminar. I'm, yep. like, I'm just ready to... to you just went. Yeah, was, you just I dove all yeah. in, eh? Yeah, yeah. Cool. I, I bought it. I brought it to work and no more pain, foot pain it, within uh, a couple of weeks. Cool. And I mean, I think I had a head start being barefoot most of the time. Yeah. So I don't think everyone's where I was when no. I started. You had so. a baseline level of foot conditioning. So you yeah. probably, you had a lesser obstacle to get back Absolutely. to optimal function. But, but I really think, you know, apart from the timeline that might differ from person yeah. to person, um, it's a really similar story that we hear from people where it's like some people require longer and a longer process to recondition them, but they're all like, my feet feel better. It's like big surprise. We're getting the joints moving and you're actually using your feet as nature intended. And I think once they... Once people feel that first bit of relief, they're like, okay, 
this is worth continuing. Yeah. And then most people end up taking kind of the same deep dive where they're like, what else can I do? What at the start, you have to like really motivate them to start. But then once they've started and they feel it themselves, they're like, okay, what else can I do? What's yeah. next? Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's really cool. When you get someone to start becoming obsessed with improving their bodies and feeling better, that's like, it's addictive. Yeah. It's totally and it's addictive. such a treat to hear that feedback from people because you're like, wow, that person now is on their own path. They don't need my assistance. They don't need anyone's assistance. They, you know, for the most part, um, they just now are hungry for information. And I think that's, you know, this is the biggest motivation behind TFC app is give anyone an unlimited scalable amount of information where they can have whatever dose they want at their fingertips at all times without ever paying. And I think if you give that to people, if someone is motivated to be healthy and they have all of the information they need, if you can declutter the world of the internet and give them the best stuff that's based on science and constantly evolving as our, you know, tribe of global foot nerds, as our knowledge evolves, we put better knowledge out. That's like a, that's a superpower for someone to be able to have access to. So. Yeah, absolutely. I started using it with that client who had a stroke um, yep. and was getting him to move his feet around using his hands to manipulate his toes. And he went from being in a wheelchair to be able to at least using a walker. Wow. So I think uh, I was That's like, huge. I am sold. I, I want to learn more. I want to cool. be able to spread this this knowledge as much as I can. Because if, if I can get people from... S- sitting in a wheelchair to be able to walk yeah that's that's huge and uh so i became obsessed (laughs) basically nice i love it that's what we look for with the tribe is just people that are obsessed that just want to learn are hungry for knowledge are hungry to be able to do more um and i think we find it easy to fit into these silos where it's like well i work at i work at a desk at a computer so i can't really i can't like, why am I going to learn this stuff? Yeah. I can't help people. And it's like, well, number one, you have a body. So if you ever learn about how the body works and how to improve it, it's relevant to you regardless of what your job is. Even more important if you work at a computer, I would say. Um, but at the same time, like right now, I'm uh, reading this book called Connected by Nicholas Krizakis. And he talks about um, his whole thing is talking about social networks and how basically the a big point that he says is you affect way more people than what you think. Because behaviors and um, actions essentially trickle through. You affect your friends directly or indirectly, but then you affect your friends' friends and your friends' friends' friends and all of their families. And before you know it, you've affected thousands of people with simple things that you're either doing by example or that you're doing by just talking to people about things like, oh, have you ever thought of wearing like shoes that are more flexible? Like that one sentence to one person can affect a hundred people. So I really think that the power of understanding the body and being able to um, have conversations with people about it in a way that's not like telling them what to do, but it's just like, oh, I learned this. This is kind of cool. And then them knowing that and then maybe trying it and then telling their family or their friends, like it's crazy how quickly things can trickle. So I think it's really really cool yeah absolutely my business partner who's a nutritionist she we have a client that we work uh with together yeah he he lost i want to say about 30 pounds since he's just doing so well with his his diet and exercise sleeping more he's just feeling better but we don't even see his husband and his husband lost five pounds in the process and he's feeling better eating better so um it just kind of spreads yeah. So there's very much a ripple effect. And, and you know, he, t- he tells me that the people at work notice it. So they're curious and they want to cool. start eating healthier. And it cre- creates this community yeah. of, of people who just want to get better. Yeah. And like, I remember Jeff, uh, Jeff sent me a video one time and it was basically, it was like a, 
it was a hill and there was like a hundred people and then one crazy dude gets up and starts dancing yes and everyone just kind of looks over and they're like who is this weirdo and then one other person joins in decides to start dancing and then before you know it after like two or three minutes everyone is dancing and the people that are sitting staring at them are the weirdos instead of the people dancing and i think it's a very powerful analogy to like when you're the only person walking around barefoot or prioritizing sleep instead of going out drinking you're the weirdo yeah. right like we're basically a crew of weirdos being healthy means being a weirdo and i i think the same shift is going to happen over time where people will start jumping on board feeling the changes feeling how much better they feel and before they know it just like smoking used to be cool and now smoking is like super uncool the same thing is going to happen with yeah. health and being able to know you know that you can take care of yourself you just need to know that it's possible and need to know the information and um yeah i i just love that you know, that's why one of the core values for the footner program is like, don't be afraid to be different because if you are different for the sake of trying things on yourself and, and trying to implement things that you're learning, there's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, you know, when I walk through an airport barefoot, the amount of weird looks I get, the only thing that makes me feel okay with that is the fact that maybe one of those people will look at me and will try going barefoot, you know, on their own when they're not in public and feel how good it feels. And so the fact that I can go barefoot in an airport, why not? Yeah. You know, and the same thing applies to everything. And like you said, the, you know, that guy's husband lost five pounds probably just because of the different food choices that he's making. It was like yeah. this rub off effect. Yeah. And if he starts to feel way better and then he's like, well, I want to dig into this too. You're lo you lost 30 pounds. What the heck? I want to do this too. Yeah. Then it's, yeah, it's just crazy. The ripple effect of healthy behaviors. Yeah. So. I think it's the, the coolest trend that we've ever had as I a agree. human race of just wanting to to be healthy. Yep. Uh, I mean, there's been many trends that have gone by, but I think everyone's trying to eat healthier. Everyone's trying to save the planet. Now we're we're just trying to do good things. So I think that's I that's agree. a really cool trend, and I, I hope it's here to stay. I yeah, and I think it is. I think you know, with more and more people. I mean, the problem with um, some trends is that people will jump on on a tr what they think is a trend with the wrong intentions yeah. so you know you see this with some food companies that make food products where they'll say oh it's got this good nutrient or good fat in it it's like well whatever you just labeled that on isn't actually food it's something you made in like a laboratory um and so i just think that we you know i think we just people with good intentions that want to be healthy i think our role is to just make sure they have the right guidance and, you know, use our strong, well-calibrated bullshit detector to make sure the best information gets to that person so that they have the the most fair chance of actually being healthy yeah, and not being misguided. Because the internet is great, but it's also turned into a very confusing space with a lot of noise. And sometimes for the average person, it's hard for them to apply a filter to know, well, what do I, what am I supposed to believe? I heard that like eggs give cancer and bacon gives cancer, but now bacon's good. It's like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, poor eggs. Oh they, yeah. They eggs just, get a bad rap. Yeah, they do. They're back <laughs> and forth. <laughs> so when did you get into, let's talk about jujitsu first, because this is something I'm curious about. Uh, James, uh, the director of TSC Australia got into, he's obsessed with it now. And a lot of the people that like, I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast quite frequently. Yeah. He's a jujitsu guy, Eddie Bravo. Um, I was just at an FRC course and a, a lot of the, actually all three instructors that were there were all big, uh, BJJ people. So when did you get into Brazilian jujitsu and what do you like, if someone's like, why should I do Brazilian jujitsu? What would you tell them? Okay. Uh, well, Brazilian jujitsu is awesome. I got into it about 
just under two years ago, I'd say. Uh, I was actually forced into it. Really? Like, I didn't really have a choice. Uh, I was doing Muay Thai at the time, and yeah. uh, the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu class was right after. So, my friends were like, oh, I was peer pressured into doing Jiu Jitsu. Nice. Um, and for the first month, I actually hated it because it's actually a very confusing sport. You're, you don't know if you're winning or losing yeah. at the beginning. You're on top <laughs> of someone, so you think you're winning, but they you're in their guard, so you're actually not in a good place. Interesting. So it's, it's a little bit confusing. Um, there's a very steep learning curve. Yeah. Uh, called like jiu-jitsu, like the art of folding clothes with people in it. Oh, that, I love that. <laughs> the art of folding clothes with people in it. That's great. Yeah, and that's basically what it is. So um, I really like jiu-jitsu because... It kind of gives it levels the playing field out a little bit. I mm. when I was doing Muay Thai, I would never be able to fight against a big like a guy your size. I would never yeah. be able to to fight against. Um, but when I, when a guy your size comes into the gym now in Jiu Jitsu, it kind of levels the playing field. It's a lot of technique, and, and you can go against a smaller person and be able to put them. Like I could I could take on a bigger guy. Um, yeah, like you could strangle me easily. Yeah, exactly. And it, yeah, it's and it's it's almost. Yeah, it's uh, that's why I love that sport because it's really, well, I say I love that sport. I've never actually done it, but I really want to. And in 2020, I'm going to get it. I'm, I'm just making the commitment now officially so that I have to hold myself oh. to it. Um, but I really think, you know, every single person that I know that's gotten into it has gotten obsessed with it. And when I ask them what got them obsessed, their answers are so authentic and so relatable that I'm like, well, duh, that's it's like one of the most beautiful primitive ways of learning your about your body and also learning like that's how kids and, and like I look at uh, dogs sometimes and I see how they play and I look at the way they play as a way to figure out like what their strengths are and what their limits are in terms of being able to play with someone without hurting them yeah and so I think it's one and there's also just this air of if you know that no one can mess with you like if you walk down the street you're just more relaxed when you know that if anyone came at you you could strangle them for sure i think martial <laughs> artists are some of the most relaxed people yes. that i've met um, and peaceful, like, peaceful and humble yeah you don't want to fight yeah. i mean there's a it's also nice to get there's a there's a safe space to get your aggression out and i think humans yeah. like human nature we just have aggression within us and i think it's important that we're able to release it and explore it safely in a safe place and i, I think you we, I don't know if it was you and I that had this discussion, but with dogs, they'll they'll play fight. But when one of them yelps, that's that's it's over. The other yes. one will stop. And I think yes. um, and then they know the limits exactly. from there. So I think it's also important for humans to explore those limits uh, yeah. of our physicality. And I think like when we stop kids from doing horseplay or messing around or wrestling, we are doing them a disservice because they no longer know how hard to push before they hurt someone yeah like it's just like dogs if you never expose your dog to other dogs and play that's the dog that bites another dog because yeah. they just have no idea they have no idea how strong their jaws are how hard to push down they just have no idea you know like my brother has a our dog growing up is an older dog and they got a puppy and i see them play together and as soon as one yelps they just like instantly go together and lick each other and they're like yeah. they're like oh i'm so basically they're saying i'm so sorry now we know where the limit is let's keep playing but let's stay below that yeah. and it's like dogs know how to do that but humans forgot how to do it yeah um and so i think yeah i think it's a good outlet to just being able to re rekindle that sense of like play but also like practical play because it is practical for self-defense or yeah. for knowing how to you know deal with someone that might be trying to take you down or attack you and um yeah 
Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to get into it. I think it's the most realistic situations that you get into. Most yeah. of the time, if you're ever to get into a street fight, I don't think it's going to look very street fighter-like. No, it doesn't look like a yeah. boxing ring with Floyd May- Mayweather. Yeah, it looks exactly. like Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a scramble. Well, I remember Joe Rogan <laughs> talked about that. He was a kickboxer, and he's like, yeah, I thought I was real good. And then I, and then I um, rolled with someone. And I was, I felt like a helpless child and I was an advanced practitioner of a martial art. He's like, then I realized I wasn't doing the right thing. Yeah. I wasn't doing the realistic martial art. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Um, What kept you going in that month where it was like a grind where you didn't even like it? What kept you, was it just same thing, peer pressure or people like you got to I started just really enjoying all of the movements that we were doing. Um, I started I started choking people out nice. and I think that was I was like oh I like this this is pretty cool I'm That's gonna awesome. keep doing this um, and then there's it's just it's super cool because you get this kind of baseline foundation you learn your fundamental moves but then from there the possibilities are endless and I just like kept wanting to know more and more it just opens up more and more doors for yeah. you um, and then you kind of figure out what your game is I, I just thought it was so interesting cool. uh, to be able to do that so That's yeah awesome. I just I just fell in love with it it's great Great. Cool. Well, maybe next year we'll do a uh, like once every two months Brazilian Jiu Jitsu podcast yeah. because I think it would be, you know, if there was one where people that, you know, aren't super advanced, but are just talking about like, oh, this is cool stuff or this is what I learned when I first started. I think it would be cool. You know, just like I talked about climbing with Clayton. He's really into rock climbing and bouldering because yeah. he gets a lot out of it. I think just taking like a, a, of an informal conversation about something that anyone can do. Um, but a lot of people perceive barriers of like, well, I can't do that. I'm not a, I, I, I can't go and wrestle with someone. It's like, well, you can, you just have to find the right group to do it with so that you yeah. can be onboarded and, and get into it in a way that's safe and also like comfortable for yeah. you. That's definitely my so. social life now. I mean, I don't have a lot of time, um, a- after work to be able to, yeah. to go out and, and meet friends. So after we roll that's we just sit down on the mats and, and chat with each other that's my social time so i'm combining my physical activity the yep. thing, my hobbies and my social life together so i think it's a great way that you can meet people as well for sure um and yeah. that's a, such a deeper connection than just going out and meeting people it's like you just try to kill each other for 30 minutes like you have a deeper connection with yeah. that human to yeah, actually sure. have a relationship with more so than just like meeting someone and be like hey i'm emily you know yeah. versus like Hey, I just rubbed my sweat on you for 30 minutes. Uh, yeah. What's up? What do you do? Yeah, there's definitely times where I'll roll with someone and have them just get their chest right on my face. <laughs> and it's just a sweaty, hairy chest on my face. And nice. then we'll ask each other what our names are. That's after hilarious. After and introduce after. Oh, that is uh, so cool. I, I find that so, maybe it's weird, yeah. but I find that so cool. Yeah, I think I think you'll really enjoy it. Like if you like movement, um, it's just really cool. You, you have to get into these deep squats when you're there. You have to go into these rolls. It's yeah. just, you'll, you'll love the movements. And I, I found that it was really helpful for a lot of things I do. So cool. with Thai massage, I was like, Oh, there's like Brazilian jiu-jitsu here. Uh, I see a lot of the move net techniques mm. that's very similar to Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You have your technical stand-ups. Like you were just, when you, you get your plank kick-throughs, that's so common in jiu-jitsu. Cool. Um, yeah, I see it with like animal flow. You see you see all of those things. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Jiu-jitsu. The world of movement, like everyone is doing, everyone's yeah. doing the same thing, but packaged slightly differently, branded yeah. differently. But it's all like, it's all movement. It's yeah. all like this core foundation of like you know extracting ways that humans are supposed to and and that do move naturally and just applying it to different scenarios yeah exactly i also like sucking at things i have this weird obsession with finding things i'm terrible at and like Mm -hmm. being forced to 
submit yeah. myself to white belt mentality. So I think that will be a very humbling. Yeah. Thing and I think do. you're just going to always feel like that when yep. you're doing that, And I'm fine so with there's that. There's always going to be someone better than you. There's always going to be someone yeah. who can, who can beat you up. So it's just, it's super exciting to be able to be like, oh, there's more to learn though. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Cool. Let's talk about, um, let's talk about your career as a nurse, because I think, um, you know, talk about what got you into nursing um, and what made you reevaluate whether nursing was like the best career to continue doing, yeah. especially now that you learned about sleep. So let's do, let's talk about nursing and then let's talk about, uh, then we'll talk about sleep. Okay. Uh, nursing. So, I mean, I think I went into nursing for the same reasons many other people go into nursing. You want to help people exactly. get better. You, yep. you, you just, you want to see people get better. Um, and that's it. Like that's, you just want to help people. Yep. Um, and that was just your avenue to go down as yeah. a way to, to do that. Yeah. In high school, that's, that's what they're like. Oh, you should be a nurse. I'm like, that sounds great. I like science. I like doing that. That's, yep. that's awesome. I like being at the bedside and talking to patients. Um, so I started working on the trauma unit at the civic here in Ottawa yep. and it was great. I really love the job. It's super cool. We see lots of cool stuff. Uh, I'm ne- every day is a different day there but at the same time I felt like I wasn't able to help people get better like I was giving up pills and doing stuff but I was like these people are going to go home and they're still a smoker they're still going to go back to the exact same lifestyle they have and maybe I'll see them again in the future and that was what was concerning me I felt like I actually wasn't able to help people in the way that I wanted to and at the same time I was doing personal training while I was a nurse and I realized, oh, I'm actually helping people a yeah. lot more. I remember we here. talked about this on the phone, and you're, yeah. and it's so true. Like in, um, in a hospital environment, you're essentially just putting out fires, right? They're basically yeah. just trying to stop people from dying. Yeah, and that's and, what a hospital should be yes. there for. Yeah, but there needs to be something. There needs to be like a couple levels before where it's like, okay, well, how do we stop people from actually getting into the hospital? How do we how do we provide a layer where people can go to the hospital, but then understand that they need to make changes and then have that layer to go back on to make the changes so they yeah. never go into the hospital again. And like you said, you were talking about like, uh, I think you were talking about gastric bypass surgery and you're like, people come in, they get this insane surgery, there's an insane rehab, and yet they're really, they're fine to do that, but they're not fine to reevaluate how they're eating. Yeah, absolutely. And it's crazy. It's it's insane. Um, we get tons of patients every week, and it seems there's like an endless amount of patients that yeah. we get. And I mean, it does help a lot of people, too. And and it's we, we treat it as a cure for diabetes. And I just find it very interesting because diabetes is one of the biggest healthcare costs that we have here in Canada. Yeah. It's it's and type two diabetes specifically takes up ninety five percent of all diabetes. Yes. The preventable kind. The preventable of kind. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at the two main causes of of di- type two diabetes, it's poor diet and lack of exercise. Yeah. And now I'm learning that sleep has a role in yeah. in diabetes as well. So when we look at that, I just found it so interesting that we're gonna we we take something completely more or less preventable, and then we put these tertiary um, actions. We wait till people get really, really sick or wait till something really bad happens. And then we treat them. In Canada, we spend 90% of our healthcare dollars on tertiary care. Wow. So waiting till people get sick and then we treat it. Yeah. Only 10% of that goes towards prevention. That's so crazy. And, and we wonder why we're getting overwhelmed with healthcare costs. It's like we're doing it the wrong way around, people. Yeah. Like and we need to even just a bit more of a focus, even if we layer on prevention with the tertiary stuff, like it should be mandatory where if you get some sort of tertiary line treatment, you have to go into, it's like 
it's like alcoholics. You have to go into rehab. We'll help you, right? We'll help you get your liver under control, but you have to go into a program where you're trying to not keep killing your liver. Like it should be mandatory. It should be like, we'll do this, but you have to do this because this is actually what's going to stop this from happening again. And this is what's needed in your day-to-day life to actually stop this because it's, it's all about the quick fix. And I think it's, I think when you're a medical system and you're overwhelmed, the quick fix sometimes seems like the only option, right? Like if you're a doctor and you're just getting, you're just getting lineups of people coming at you with issues. Well, if you're overwhelmed, sometimes you just need to, to, to just give them something to, to settle down symptoms or make them happy. But it's very easy. It's a slippery slope to get caught into the trap of only using that at the expense of not doing the stuff that stops that the constant funnel of people coming towards you. So yeah, it's, it's a weird system. Yeah. So I no longer work at the hospital anymore. Part of it is because I just didn't have a life outside of training people in the hospital. And I'm noticing that people were doing really well with the training and and changing their diets. I'm like, oh, my gosh, people can can do so well here. They they don't have to end up in the hospital with chronic issues. So I want to do this more. I feel like I'm more of a nurse being able to do this teach people and educate people about their own bodies and and get them healthier before they end up in in our our hospital care system i felt like i was doing more a better job being a nurse through those means than being at the hospital so i quit um and i also get more sleep now too yeah (laughs) yeah that's another thing you learn that like one of the things you that matthew walker first starts to talk about is like shift work is a carcinogen according to the world health organization because it is that important to allow you to be healthy and when you do shift work and you have no choice but to mess up your circadian rhythm on a regular basis and sacrifice sleep um and i just it's very interesting your story is very interesting because you the initial purpose that you felt compelled to kind of go towards that got you into nursing was actually fulfilled much better as a personal trainer than it was from being an actual nurse and i think that's such a it's such a parallel to i think the situation a lot of people that we um a lot of people that I talk to in the Footner program, they're all, they all have the same kind of calling. They're like, I went into this for this reason, but I'm not able to actually, you know, make meaning out of that initial reason. Yeah. And I need to find something where I can actually start to apply my initial reason, which was help people. And when you try, when you're in an industry, whether, and it's funny because people in the Footner program come from, they might be a physio, a movement coach, a chiro, a physician, an orthopedic surgeon they all come from different backgrounds. They've all been on kind of different paths their whole life, but they all resonate with the fact that we need to help people take care of themselves. And so we all come from different backgrounds, but we all unite on this one purpose. And that's the only thing that we really care about talking about because really it's the biggest thing that matters. Yeah. Um, and that's very cool. So, so no longer a nurse, but you still work at the uh, cancer treatment center. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually an integrative cancer center. Very, very cool place. Uh, we have just, it's it's awesome because we have massage, we have uh, physios there, we have naturopathic doctors, we have medical doctors. Oh, so it's just like it, a holistic it, health center. Yeah, it's a holistic health wow. center um, specifically for cancer patients. I mean, you don't have to be a cancer patient to, to be there, yeah. but I just think it's so neat. So we work alongside um, oncologists as well, hmm. which is really cool. So p- patients will still do their traditional the chemotherapy and their radiation, but they come yep. to us for kind of supportive therapies as well to help with pain management and, wow. and whatnot. And they tend to do really well. So it's been really cool to work there and learn from them as well. 
Uh, and I really like it there. So between that, so I'm in a place right now where I'm I'm kind of transitioning because I don't have enough clientele to be able to support me. So I've been doing that and this and it's been great. I've been sleeping uh, and all as well. Yeah, I read that Matthew Walker statistic about um, or not the, the World Health Organization about shift work being a carcinogen while I was on a night shift and I just went into this like, existential <laughs> crisis. I was yeah. like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, those are the, mo- the most uncomfortable times are often yeah. the best times because they're just like... Oh, it hit hard. I was, yeah. it was the three in the morning when I was reading that and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh I gotta make some changes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And then you did make... Ch- the beautiful thing is you di- you're a doer, it sounds like, right? Like you learned how to take care of your feet. You did it. You bought the natural footwear. You, you did the toga. You did the work work um and when you know better you do better and i think it's easy for people to number one avoid trying to know better because of the fear of what it might force them to change but it's a whole different ball game to be like as soon as i learn something better i'm not going to sacrifice my health for anything even if it means being uncomfortable and having to problem solve finding income for a short period of time like it's worth it yeah it's so worth it yeah and everyone you talk to that goes through it, you know, maybe during they might be like, oh, this was really tough or it's a hard time right now. But it's like once they figure it out, it's so much better. Yeah. And you even said people around you are like your demeanor's different. For sure. <laughs> yeah, this is called sleep. Yeah, that's what it does for you. It's amazing. It's, uh, the, it's the best thing ever. <laughs> well, let's talk about sleep because um, like I said, Emily is the uh, team leader for the sleep team for the Footner program. And she's going to be the uh lead architect for our upcoming sleep and play workshop which will uh, might be launching at the end of this year which i'm super stoked about it's just two hours of fun and learning about sleep and how important it is and um you know our mission is to really try and convey people to be interested in sleep and then give them a menu of options of how they can start to improve their sleep because it's i i think with a lot of things in health it can seem like to make drastic changes and improvements you need to take drastic steps And I think that alone is a big obstacle for people because they're like, oh my God, I got to work out now. I got to work out more. So I got to go to the gym. I got to get a membership. I got to take time. And it's like a big obstacle. So it literally just leads to inaction. People are, it it brings up fear. So we just don't, don't do it. But when you tell someone like, well, guess what? Exercising can start with like, go for a 10 minute walk every day or sleeping better starts with, well, don't look at a screen for an hour before you go to bed. And they're like, or don't look at a screen for 20 minutes before you go to bed. You know, whatever that first step is that that person feels confident they can do and doesn't bring up the fear response once you get them started with the smallest smallest step it's easy to keep improving and i think sleep is one of those things where it's not about tomorrow night getting perfect sleep or being the perfect sleeper it's about okay well what can i tweak each week to make my to give myself the opportunity to have better sleep right and it's there's so many the the funny thing is there's so many variables Every like the more you learn about sleep, the more you realize, oh, my God, so many things affect our sleep and actually improving sleep is not about doing a bunch of extra stuff. It's about taking the bad things away to start with. And some of those things are actually really easy to take away. So, you know, when you started doing a deep dive into sleep, what were the biggest things that jumped out at you? And what do you feel are the most powerful things to give people now when it comes to sleep? Well, in terms of like I I didn't know too much about sleep i knew it was good just like anyone else i knew we need sleep it's good for us and we feel good after we we have sleep but the the immune system everything we do is based on sleep the way we learn things the way we retain memory the way we we act like the way we interact with people is all 
going to be changed by the way we sleep. So I thought that was so interesting. That this this has such a huge influence in our life, and no one yeah. talks about it. It's I not know. taught. It's not. No one talks about it. Um, so that's what got me interested in wanting to learn more. I mean, working shift work, I was just so curious. How can I optimize what little yeah. sleep I do get? Yep. Um, exactly. So that, Sometimes you got to work with what you have. Yeah, yeah. Until you can put yourself in a better situation to have, you know, more options available. But I Matthew Arger calls it the the Swiss Army knife of health. Yeah. And he also calls it the biggest curable health problem that we have right now and i think it's you know when people know how how simple some of these changes can be and how profound their effects can be we i think humans like to understand things we like to like understand everything about something so it's like oh you sleep better uh you get sick less or you sleep better and your blood sugar goes down it's like you're never going to understand it because we don't even know the full reaching effects of sleep but we do know that no organ system in the body isn't negatively affected by poor sleep so everything in your body improves and it almost seems like people are like okay yeah whatever but it's actually true and it's so crazy how many body systems can be improved without even trying to improve them by just getting more sleep and better quality sleep yeah and i think there, there's no cost to us to to get more sleep yeah if we want to change our nutrition it might cost a little bit more to to get whole foods um, if we want to exercise, you might need to pay someone to teach you how to do things, or you, ne- you might, might need a little bit more. With sleep, there is zero cost to getting True. more. It's free. So it's it's free, and it's probably the best thing you can do for yourself in terms of health. If we didn't exercise and we didn't eat well, I think we would still get a huge benefit from just sleeping more and sleeping better. And I, I think agree. that's like a great place to start for people too, because I mean. And who doesn't want more sleep? Everyone is just craving for, for sleep all the time. We just want sleep yeah. as much as much as we can. Um, sleep has a branding problem, though. It's not very sexy. No, it's, and it's, it's not. And like right now, we think it's cool to not sleep and lazy yeah. to sleep. Yeah. And it's such a shitty branding image. It's yeah. such a big problem. I think that's the biggest thing that we have to fight and, and to get people interested in sleep and why they should prioritize it. Because everyone knows... like. You're right. Sleep is a beautiful starting point for the health conversation because everyone does it every night and inside, deep down, everyone knows it's important. Yeah. Everyone does, right? Like, how about this? Sleep three hours for a couple days in a row. Tell me how you feel. Yeah. Everyone's going to be like, I feel like shit. I can't think. I'm in a fog. Everything feels bad. I want to eat shitty foods. Like, everyone knows the effects of poor sleep, but no one seems to be able to put their finger on the fact that this is because of sleep. They just think it's because of whatever. Oh, I just don't feel good today. Or I just, I don't have a lot of energy today. I don't know why. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is. I but need more caffeine. Yeah. I, I, just, yeah, exactly. I didn't have my cup of coffee. That's exactly, exactly why. That's, That's so funny. Why. But it's true. Like no one seems to be connecting, you know, noticing the pattern of sleep and X. And X can be anything, right? Yeah. But I, yeah. We, we tend to value people who sleep less and, and get less sleep. Like, oh, I only slept three hours a night because I was busy doing this, this, and this. Yeah. Um, it's like a bad. Like, wow, it's amazing. Like, ooh, cool. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe you can function like that. That's yeah. that's so cool. Um <laughs> and if you yeah, if you sleep in, I remember um growing up like my sibling liked to like he's just a night owl. So he would sleep in in the morning and then my parents would be like, Oh, this is so bad. Like he's so lazy. <laughs> like, let's just go wake him up for Sunday. Let's just wake him up. Yeah. Because you can't you can't be sleeping this late. This this is crazy. <laughs> and we just wake him up. And I think we do that with like our teenagers. We we just do that. We 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 view people who sleep more as lazy. Yeah. 
Um, and I've definitely felt that way before too. My, my, my boyfriend sleeps a ridiculous amount, but then I realized, oh, well, he's a massage therapist. He has a pretty, like he does a lot with his yeah. day and then he does strongman on top of it. So he's so using he his, sleep. he needs, he, what, like the 10, 11 hours of sleep that he's getting, he absolutely needs it. Plus his like half hour nap. Yeah. Like he needs it. And that's how he feels refreshed. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's like if like nine hours for me is a sweet spot and it's, I used to, I used to think like, well, that's way too much time sleeping. Like there's so much stuff to get done. You know, I, I can easily just shave off a couple hours of sleep and get a couple extra hours of the stuff done. But you start to realize that by sleeping those nine hours, it allows you to get two X times the productivity done during the day. So you get way oh, more, for sure. you get more done in less time. Yeah. And I think that was, yeah, we just have to, you know, bring sleep back into like the spotlight. Yeah. And like culture changes. I heard this thing the other day. Uh, I can't even remember what podcast it was on, but it, actually, I think it was Sam Harris was talking about it. He's like, culture changes. We used to, doctors used to smoke cigarettes. There used to be an ad for camel cigarettes that said, the most physicians use camel because it's the best cigarette. Like we went from that not that long ago to yeah. now we know it's like, well, cigarettes are terrible. You should never smoke them. If your doctor smoking a cigarette, you'll be, you'll be like, you'll have your permission taken away as being a physician. So culture changes, even drastic changes in a relatively short period of time. And I think health, we're seeing that, that culture change around health. But I think sleep, like if we can spearhead a, a revolution in understanding sleep and actually want people wanting to prioritize sleep, where it's like the better sleep you get is, is kind of uh, seen as like a good thing instead of the less sleep you get. Because yeah. that's our, that needs that switch needs to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember doing a placement in a uh, in a nursing home, and we would go in so early, like seven a.m., and wake up every single. There were some some of the residents they would wake up early, but on their own, they were just yeah. early birds. The other ones, we would turn on the lights and just grab them out of bed. Yeah, terrible. Just grab them out of bed, get them dressed and be like, it's time to eat. And then after breakfast, they'd be like, I need a nap. I was (laughs) like, please put me back to bed. (laughs) Like, why are we rushing these these people? They they have nothing else to do. We can let them sleep in, just shift everything over. There's there's no need. We almost seem like if you were sleeping, then you're like one step closer to, to, to death. Yeah. And, and now we know exactly. that if you're not sleeping, you're one step closer. Exactly. To death. Yeah. It's funny how yeah. perceptions change. Yeah, it really. I mean, yeah. It's very interesting. So, what are the biggest? Uh, what do you feel are the biggest things that, like, top five things from what you've learned of what, what people can do to improve their sleep? Yeah, I think the first thing, and we started doing this a couple of months ago, is just leaving our cell phones out of our bedroom. Yes, um, me too. We, so it's, powerful. It's that that alone. We have like a no screens in the bedroom policy. Nice. That alone has just changed our, our sleep drastically. That's not the last thing you, you look up when you go to bed. And it's not the first thing you How look easy at. is that too? It's so simple. It's so simple. And people are like, well, my phone's my alarm clock. Like, well, you can get an alarm clock. I'm pretty uh, sure they're not. You can get not. a $20 Timex watch. Yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah. And actually, I have my, I still use my phone as my alarm, but it's in my living room. And I have a little Google Home that... Uh, I have an alarm on so they both go off at cool. the same time so when i hear that one i can't snooze it even because i'd have yeah, to wake up and, there. and yeah, get that's up yeah that's the best way to make other. sure you don't get in the pattern of snoozing exactly so it's been great um so that's that's one of the things like no screens in the bedroom regularity is super important um just making sure you go to bed at the same time every yeah. night if you can and i mean shift work that's a little bit harder to do and yeah. we, we all have lives you travel so that makes things a little bit tricky but you can but still optimize for, it 
based yeah, on what you have. But we want to we want to have like a baseline of this is the time I go to bed, and then start like a routine for for going to bed and just appreciate your sleep. Yeah. Um, we were just discussing this before making like a sleep sanctuary. So yes. make your bed look super appealing. Make your bedroom like a place you want to go. I've definitely been to some like Airbnbs and hotels where I'm like, oh, this bed looks amazing. Yeah, this looks wanna... like a, a place for sleep. Yeah, and I, this is all I want to do. I don't want to leave. <laughs> I just want to jump in this bed and sleep for, for 12 hours. Uh, so if you can make your bedroom look just like that or, yeah. you know, get as close as you can, make it look super appealing, I think that's going to be going to be really key and um a big one is sleep opportunity just making sure you give yourself enough time to sleep like you know how many people i talk yeah. to and they're, they're like well yeah i just like i slept terribly like i don't get i'm so tired i'm sleeping i'm sleeping well when i am sleeping um, but i just feel tired throughout the day we're like what time do you go to bed like one yeah. one time do you wake up past the middle Five. point of the night yeah yeah midnight <laughs> <Red flag>. yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they're like you're only giving yourself opportunity for like four or five hours of sleep. How yeah. do you expect to get? Like, it's impossible. To, exactly, to get eight you're not hours. even giving yourself the the chance. And I think that was one of the things that uh, Matthew Walker said again is like people are always confused. Like, how do I get eight hours of sleep? Well, this is like rocket science level stuff. What time do you need to wake up? Subtract eight hours. Be in your bed eight hours before you have to wake up. That's it's like basic math. Yeah, and like if you do that. Now, you might go to bed and not sleep for two hours right away, but at least you have the opportunity to be in your bed. And if you're able to sleep or work towards being able to get to sleep, at you know, right when you're in bed, at least you have a chance to get eight hours. Yeah. And I think that's, that's so basic, but you're right. So many people just have no idea how to how to how to implement that yeah and i think part of it is priorities and, yeah. and we just need to shift our priorities shift what we think is important and i think if we make people realize why sleep is so important and and detrimental to your to your overall well-being yeah and and how good it can be for you we know how we feel after we've slept terribly if we don't want to feel like that and we know how we feel after we've had a great night of sleep too so yeah. um we just want people to kind of get addicted to feeling great all the time i agree it's yeah. all awareness because if yeah. you don't know if you don't connect the dots and realize that if you sleep terribly you feel terrible if you sleep well you feel well if you don't connect those dots well obviously it makes sense in a society that's always geared towards productivity to get as little as you can and still survive yeah and we just have to help people connect those dots and also bring into awareness like how many things how many good things happen when you get more sleep because then then the trade-off of sacrificing sleep is a much bigger trade-off. Right now, it's not very big if you don't know about sleep. But if you have just basic information about sleep and you're open-minded about just experimenting on your own body and seeing what makes you feel great, once people feel great, they don't go back. Or they at least try not to go back. And they, the sacrifice of getting of not sleeping is not as half as appealing. I know for me, like I talked about this before, I used to not think it was a big deal to get to stay up like an extra three hours to get some work done or go out. But now it's like, it's not even on my radar. If someone's like, oh, do you want to go out? Or do you want, like when I head out at like 10 from a bar or something like that, they're like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep because I need sleep. And yeah. it's like not an exception anymore. It's just, I, I don't really feel pressured. Uh, I don't think it's worth it. Um, and it's just so liberating to be like, I prioritize, I'm the, I'm the person, I identify with someone that prioritizes sleep now. And I never yeah. used to be that way, but it's made me so much happier and also allowed me to get way more done. This is what also what people don't understand. It's like 
you will get so much more shit done when you actually have a brain that thinks clearly and a body that's energized. Oh, yeah. You just it's power crazy. through work. It's it's amazing yeah. how much work you can get done. And yeah. you don't feel like you're going to fall asleep. You're, you're like the span of time with which you can carry an attention, like a focused attention period is so much bigger when you're slept and so, so much smaller when you're not, when you've underslept that I, it's just people need to connect the dots. That's all it is. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what? If, let's talk about caffeine. Caffeine's a crazy one. Yeah. Because it's everyone drinks it. Very few people realize they're drinking it to cover up being sleep deprived. Yeah. So how do we? How do you have that conversation with someone? Because sometimes it's challenging. Yeah. Um. I think having that conversation with someone is tricky because if someone likes, if they, if they're a coffee drinker, it's very like this is their. It's basically what runs through their blood. Yeah. So it's really hard to tell them that you you can survive without it. I mean, um, I let's. Uh, I'll, I should probably be straight with this. I do drink coffee, yeah. but I have a coffee deadline where I yeah. don't drink it past a certain day. And I also make sure to not drink it once in a while to make sure that I can, I'm not yeah. depending on it. Exactly. I think that, that check-in is hard to do because I love, and it's not even like, and here's the thing. Some people will say this, oh, it's not the caffeine. I just like, I just like having a coffee. It's like, okay, have a tea. And they're like, no, no, coffee's better. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you say that, but you're actually going for the feeling. And it's like, if you can't go two, three days without coffee, it's a good indicator that there's a coffee problem yeah. or that you're covering up an even bigger problem with the coffee. Yeah, it's the most widely used drug that we have. Um, People don't think coffee's a drug. That's another yeah, weird thing. Yeah, it's a drug. Um, yeah. Anything can be a drug, really. It's exactly. The dose makes the drug. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we don't think of it as a drug, but... What it basically does, it throughout the day we have uh, something called adenosine that builds up, and that's basically your sleep pressure. So you have your circadian rhythm, which most people are aware of. Like at night, you start to get tired, um, you you develop more melatonin, and it wants to put you to sleep. We also have a sleep pressure, so that builds up when you wake up in the morning. It's very low, and then as you, it's like a counter of the time you've been awake. So the, so the more, longer more, you've been awake, the more, the more adenosine, adenosine, the you more have. sleep pressure there is. Exactly. Caffeine blocks that. So we're just uh, numb to that. So if you drink caffeine, that's why we're not supposed to drink caffeine later in the evening because you're just blocking that drive to go to sleep. And then and that's why you also get that big crash once the caffeine wears off because then that adenosine, which was now which was low at the time you drank the caffeine and now a lot higher at the time it wears off is going to hit you like a truck. Yeah. Um, and there's a limit to how much because the adenosine will just keep building up and the caffeine can't keep up with how much we have. So there's a point where sleep is inevitable. We have to do it. Yeah. Like, Nature's we, got we the most yeah. elegant mechanisms for making sure we do what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Like I think it's such a we think we're so smart and we can make these crazy machines. But yeah. like nature puts these perfectly elegant mechanisms into our body to make sure that we have no choice but to do the things we need to do to survive it's so cool yeah just like your feet we were trying yeah. to to mastermind like your feet uh, but, yeah, it's that's just, a, that's like, a, but no they're there for <laughs> they're, they're pretty well designed I yeah they're pretty say. damn good yeah they're pretty good on its own you can't make a better foot by yeah. covering it with some weird clothing yeah exactly <laughs> um i think with sleep too like when we think about it, mother nature would never design something that would make us so vulnerable yes it's it's kind across of across all species if, too. if it wasn't important it wouldn't yeah. put us asleep for eight hours a night um completely unable to move our bodies <laughs> and unaware of our surroundings it just makes us pray for you can't protect yourself you can't, yeah you're yeah, basically you're, a sitting duck yeah you're just yeah you're a dodo bird yeah <laughs> at that time <laughs> so 
like why would we why would we have that if it wasn't important yeah right? it wasn't so we, really important yeah right? and like, it was, it's so important that mistakes. we're willing to basically sacrifice ourselves as prey yeah uh, to be able to do that so it must be something so important that we need to do so i think uh well i think it's cool because the science now is telling us how truly important it is yeah, right yeah. like whether it's uh, cancer research or Alzheimer's research, like these things are all starting to catch up and basically confirm what I think a lot of people were guessing, but we didn't have. It's one of these weird obsessions we have now. It's like, oh, well, it's like you say something and people are like, well, show me the research. It's like, well, can you just think about this logically and intuitively? Yeah. Here are the mechanisms. Well, if your brain's supposed to filter out this protein called amyloid when you sleep yeah. and Alzheimer's is the accumulation of amyloid into plaques to kill your brain, well, if you don't clear it and it accumulates and the accumulation is what creates plaques, that's a pretty damn good mechanism that we already know. You know, we shouldn't need research to say that to prove that. It's just like, yeah, it's one of these weird things yeah. where we are obsessed with research. But when the research starts coming out, people start paying attention. So I guess it's a good for thing. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know why we, well, let's just try it. Let's just try sleeping. It doesn't, yeah. there's no cost. You have nothing to, to lose. Do. You have nothing Literally. to lose. To, and so much sleeping to gain. More. And like, you're not just gonna be like, well, I'm going to just not sleep and we'll see if I develop Alzheimer's. That's not a risk that we should be wanting to take anyways. Yeah. So let's just sleep and then hopefully we don't develop Alzheimer's. <laughs> exactly. I think it, it's like, why would you drive a car with a blindfold on? Like, why do I have to convince off? you of that? Oh, I know. It's so crazy. But yeah. I'd say like, we're just, we're up against this massive machine that we call society and these cultural norms that snuck their way in. And it's a big demon to fight. It's a big, you know, it's a big force to oppose us. Um, but it's just getting people to take that first step. And then they fight those, they fight that battle on, on their own, sure. but they just need, the confidence and the awareness to take the first step. Um, and then it's crazy how well people take care of themselves when they truly buy in to being healthy. Yeah. And I always tell people like, you have to deeply in your soul commit to being a healthy person. You cannot half-ass it. You can't be like, well, I'm going to sleep a bit more, but I'm still going to eat like shit. No, you have to like, do you want to be healthy or not? And being healthy is not like this. And it's not like a bus station you get to. It's like a train you get on for the rest of your life and you get closer and closer to this state of health, but you never get there because it's a constant process. Yeah. And once people decide to get on the train, it is insane how quickly changes happen and how how much they feel the sense of control that like, oh my God, I this whole time I've been capable of this, but I've been medicalized so hardcore that I never I never knew I had the power to do the changes that I'm doing right now. And yeah. this feedback you get all the time from people. And it's just so... It's such a big motivator and driver to keep going with what we're doing, you know, trying to educate people and do the research so that the average person doesn't have to and give them the gems so that they don't have to dig through the, you know, the giant forest of the internet with all shitty information and good information lumped together. And it just, you hear one story like that and it reinforces like, yeah, this is, this is so important. Yeah. doesn't matter how hard it is. We just need to keep doing it. Yeah. And I think once people start seeing changes in their body, they start feeling better. It's so easy Like you don't have there's not much that we have to do anymore once they exactly they start seeing it. The so. dominoes are already falling. Yeah, and exactly. we just have to keep it's contagious. It, it's contagious. And we just yeah. have to keep giving them the information they need to take the next step. Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes the information you get initially, you know, it, it reaches a plateau on how effective it is. And then it's like, well, what books can I read? What videos can I watch? What you know, what blogs can I read? And um, yeah, people just, people get into it and buy into it. And it's so powerful. And I just love 
that that energy is so contagious when you hear one story about someone that's like i just completely changed my life i went from being miserable now i'm happy i went from being unhealthy now i'm healthy and it didn't even take that long it just took a buy-in and basically a no a a it took me deciding that there was nothing worth sacrificing. Uh, there was nothing worth doing that sacrifices my health. Yeah. And people are always like, even the word sacrifice is kind of a weird one. Because if you get rid of something and you become more healthy, did you really sacrifice that thing? Or were you sacrificing health for just, that? Yeah, thing? it's almost like you're just prioritizing health. Exactly. And I think we just need to keep health as a priority. I think we also have to understand that. Health doesn't mean that you have to be in the gym six times a week and, yes. and eating like he being healthy also means that you have a good social community around you, that you're sleeping well, that you have good self-care and that you understand your values. Like those are yes. those are important things that that all encompass health. And uh, we don't talk about those. As we, much. we don't. We talk about health as like you, you're going to get ripped and yeah. you're going to eat like kale all day. That's and what's it. funny is like the, sh the guy that's shredded in the gym. Oftentimes, those people aren't that healthy is what I I've learned. Definitely. Like when I was bodybuilding uh, at a time, I was definitely the most unhealthy mentally I've ever been in my life. I was in I was in the gym eight times a week. but And I remember being like, oh, like, no, I can't go on that hike because I have to go hit legs today. Wow. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't I wouldn't I would sacrifice social outings. I would sacrifice time with friends and family um, and you know, eating a cake that I really wanted to, to eat because yep. I was in the gym and, and for what? Yep. I was sore all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember the moment I stopped was when I was walking up the stairs with a laundry basket and then I was out of breath at the top of the stairs. <laughs> so I was like, well, I can't even do these simple things that we that I need to do just yeah. to move on with my life. Yeah, you um, sacrificed humaning for bodybuilding. Yeah, to, to be able to, to look good. So I think like a lot of, I mean, a lot of people in the gym who look completely shredded, that doesn't really mean that you're healthy. Yeah. Necessarily. I feel yeah. like that's a rite of passage. Yeah. And, and I and I also feel like you doing that is part of why you've gotten to where you are today and the way that you think and the way, you know, coming to these harsh realizations, like I think everyone does that. I've bench pressed and didn't squat for a long time in high school because I thought it was the cool thing to do. Yeah. And then it took me a long time to offset the shoulder problems that came from that. But I think doing that is actually what gets you like it's part of your journey. It's not a bad thing that you wish no. you hadn't done, because if you hadn't done that, maybe you had wouldn't have learned the value of hard work. Right. Like one thing bodybuilding probably told taught you is like discipline, hard work, For sure. showing For up sure. every day, um, embracing struggle. Like those are powerful lessons and they probably outweigh the negatives. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to do it. But I think when we become we, we shouldn't idealize um, that as being health like i think health encompasses so many other factors that we don't really talk about too often yeah we often just think of health as just being fit in the gym and maybe yeah. eating good food that's about it but there's so many other things we can think of like sleep for example 100 percent. yeah so what is so holistically nuts is how if people want to find your uh social media you know eventually when tfc apps are ready november 1st um, Emily will have her own nerd profile and you can kind of see, um, her content on there, but what is, how did holistically nuts start and, um, what is that project all about? Yeah. So holistically nuts, it's just, it's just me and my business partner, Victoria. Um, and we just, we just wanted a name. I think we wanted a way that we can talk about health and, and all the kind of pillars of health in one place. Because cool. I was training clients at the time and I noticed like, okay, well, they're, they're not 
they're kind of reaching a plateau. I don't really know if they're, we're, we're just training, but I think there's other things in their life that we can work on because yeah. they're so stressed out with their jobs. Um, their diet's not great. They're not sleeping great. We need to start integrating other things. So that's when I when I talked to Victoria, um, who I went to high school with, actually. Cool. Uh, she helped me with my own diet. I was having IBS at the time. I was seeing gastroenterologists, and they're like, oh, it's just IBS. Um, that's that's how you're going to live now. That's, <laughs> that's another crazy yeah, you just That's how you're going to live. And yeah. you, can take, you can take a modium every day. That's... Wow. That is so crazy that that's where we've gotten to. Like you are a specialist in the gastro system and this is this is the solution you're giving me. Yeah. That's they're like, "Oh, well, it's just IBS." That's unacceptable. That's such a there's, low well, There's no bar. pill for IBS yet. So like you're just going to have to uh, deal with it until we come up with something better. That makes my heart um, hurt. Cuz I know someone that's going through the same thing. She's having a ton of yeah. digestive system issues and mood issues, which I yeah. think are related. Oh, for sure. And she went to a specialist and got like invasive ass tests done where they're like jamming stuff into her intestines and getting her doing all these crazy tests that she feels like shit from. And I'm like, so what did he think when you gave her, gave him like a food diary? She's like, well, he didn't ask for a food diary. He did not. Like, okay, this guy's analyzing the system of your body that digests food and isn't even asking what's going into it. This is crazy. Yeah, it, yeah. it was wild. So I asked her for some help and she, uh, she's like, let's do an elimination diet. Yeah. Great. Let's do it. Three weeks later, eliminated dairy, which like I think I was just in denial about. Yeah. <laughs> it's too damn delicious. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, dairy and and wheat products and I'm fine. It's that wow. that was it. That was literally all it was. So it crazy. was just like oh, just don't eat these things. There's tons of substitutes you can have now, or just don't think may eat things that make you feel like like crap. Yeah. And then that that is it. <laughs> it took three oh weeks, and I was like, why? And why that is we... why we're getting into food. Yes, because it's I, so it's too absolutely. important yeah so it's too important. important and it's so people are just confused they don't know like that's simple problem solving right yeah. let's find your body your digestive system isn't shot it's just not agreeing with something let's find what it doesn't agree with and eliminate it yeah like that's that's a real simple that, solution that was all it was wow. and uh so i wanted i'm like okay well you got to help more people with this let's start doing something cool. um and she kind of already had the name so we we just kind of used that name and Amazing. we've been going from there and it's, it's been going super well my clients have been doing so much better now uh, now that they've had nutrition incorporated since we've been talking about their sleep um they talk to me they're like oh like i don't i don't just feel good i'm like well, are you stressed are you what's going on like what's going on in your life like yeah well I, you know i have this big deadline coming up i have all these family troubles we're like well yeah. that's that's important in your life that exactly. that matters when we're talking when we're talking about your health that those things For matter sure. so that's kind of where the idea like where the holistically i like it yeah, i remember i saw that email on the registration sheet <laughs> and i was like what is this holistically nuts i gotta check it's holistic as in like w-h-o-l-i-s holistically in that way and i just thought i was like that's a that's a cool play on words no this one is h-o oh is it yeah, yeah. oh never that's mind Oh yeah, yeah. HO. Yeah, H O. Yeah, yeah. Holistically. Cool. And then um, what's the nuts? Where did that come from? Is that uh, Victoria? I think that's Victoria. Nice. <laughs> I, I like that it. Was totally By the way, I like it. I also you're... think that it's also it's like what we're doing seems like what we were just talking about. We're the outliers um, yeah. trying to talk about health in this sense, right? We're you know, when ninety percent of our healthcare dollars are going towards treating people after they got sick we're the ones who are kind of standing out and doing different things so yeah waving your hands feel... and be like barefoot yeah. and be like hey guys uh yeah. i don't think this is the best way yeah you should sleep more yeah that's great <laughs> <laughs> don't eat that um yeah so that's That'd be a great about. thing to put on a t-shirt you should sleep more 
Yeah. Imagine we just put the, that could be that could be a TFC go apparel project. To sleep. Just yeah, yeah. Sleep more. Set a time. Set an alarm to go to sleep. Something like that. Yeah, we should just write a book, and then there's only one page in it. Yeah, get <laughs> the best health book you'll ever see. Sleep more. Two words. Yeah, that's it. Uh, awesome. Well, Emily, thank you for coming in and chatting. I think you're experience as a nurse uh the cool stories of bjj and just you know getting into sleep i think we should do these you know every every time there's a, an amount of new information that we're both kind of learning about sleep because we're still we're just at like the tip of starting this kind of deep dive into it uh, and how to explain it and you know learning the most relevant things that people need to know uh, maybe like every three months or something like that we'll do another episode talk about the new stuff the new cool stuff and uh i just love that you know, you're constantly just trying to add more tools to your tool belt to be able to provide that, you know, care to people that you work with. You might do personal training, but you can really affect all these different pillars of their life. And I, I just love that you just have this constant hunger to, to learn more. Yeah. Thank and, you so uh, much. And you're perfect. Like this, you're the exact type of person that, you know, that we're essentially trying to curate on this tribe of people around the world where it's just like let's do better because we can do better we already have the knowledge of how to do better we just have to get this knowledge out to people and i think uh you know if we can get tfc app to the point where it does what it's supposed to do and provides a valid resource for people and also i think the q a will be good where people can submit a question and we can not only answer it but make that answer available to everyone because the reality is a lot of questions we get are are questions that a lot of people have and uh things like like instagram are just a really crappy platform to deal with questions and also to make them available to others that have the same question without having to ask it again and again so uh thank you for coming in how do people uh so holistically nuts is the social media yeah you um, can find us or holisticallynuts.com we're online we're cool. on facebook with as an well. h no yeah, w with an h I messed up there um anyway thank you for coming in look out for another episode with emily down the road and for that uh, sleep and play workshop coming later this year um hopefully that stuff benefited you guys in some way and uh, we'll catch you next week